Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. I have a short thing to share with you even before we teach this morning, so I already got to ask questions both, uh, I got texts the past few days and a couple of emails, and then I got asked this morning, no, the message last week did not get recorded, so I'm sorry, that's why it didn't get put up, and I apologize for that, it was a, it was just a, just an error that happened, so uh, I don't know, I thought about re- reteaching the whole thing again, but for everybody that was here, uh, was it important? Well, it was at the moment, and we'll just continue it. So anyway, it was about, uh, the title of it was that I might know him, and so that generated things in which uh, that one of the things that God is looking for us right now is to pursue him, and so we'll continue that in the teaching um, I had a difficult time sleeping last night. I had anxiety and uh, over over various things, and I don't. You've probably had those nights of weakness where you just couldn't. And boy, it's, you look at the clock every fifteen minutes. And then in the in the early mornings, uh, early mornings, or in the early morning hours is what I meant to say. Uh, I got woke up with a song blasting in my head, and I'm sorry, I'm an old hippie, so this came back from the old days. Um, and so some of you will relate to it, some of you will may, probably have never heard it, but it was... Uh, it was a protest song. It was called Candles in the Wind. And it was about laying it down. Uh, it was by a gal named Melanie, and uh, she sang with the Edwin Hawkins Singers, if you can remember that. Uh, but it was a song about having to lay down everything in submission and in order to fight what was going on and in order to protest what was happening. So in whichever way that affects you this morning, it affected me very strongly, and I was going, oh, and I, it's a worm. I don't want that song going through my head. You know, it was both wonderful and awful at the same time. I do, I do not want, lay it down, lay it down, lay it all down, going through my head, and that's all it's been all morning. So that's not what I'm going to preach about, but I do feel like I'm supposed to do this. Would you resubmit your heart to God this morning? Lay everything down. Maybe you've never done that in your life. If you're young here, salvation is not you giving your heart to God. Salvation is God giving himself to you. And I would that I would pray for us that in every area of our lives, you can. I, I want to invite you, not just compel, but I want to invite you this morning, lay it down. That song says so that the white birds can come up out of the ground of your life. And and he'll take care of you. Lay, Lay it down. Would you pray one more time with me? Lord, I pray right now. We submit to your will. 
we submit to the knowledge of you. The knowledge of you is greater than the knowledge of ourselves. The knowledge of our strength. So Lord, we submit to your plan of salvation. I believe and I receive through laying it down. Laying my thoughts down and my emotions down, my ways down, my understanding down. That I might know you. That we might know you. Lord Jesus, come into our hearts, fresh and new. You already dwell there. Come in there and touch the very area that needs to be touched this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we have a prayer meeting uh, Wednesday, 7 o'clock. We've been meeting in my office, so that's uh, up by those where those restrooms are in the upper level up there. Uh, you can find us. You'll either hear noise or singing or praying or something. But I encourage you, just if you haven't yet, just to come to a prayer meeting. We pray for about an hour, then we get out of here. Uh, I usually strike up a really good worship team, which means I hit the iTunes song. And uh, you'll hear some of the best worship you've ever heard, so, except for this morning. Uh, live worship's always better, but uh, man, I had 12 of the most spontaneous vineyard worship songs memorized for years. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> you got that. Uh, come and pray together, okay? Prayer was Paul's prescription to the church for anxiety. You'll find it in Philippians 3. Be anxious for nothing. He says, come pray. So, got anxiety? Come pray. Amen? I want to begin this morning where we ended last week about coming into in this great high apostolic prayer that Paul prayed, coming into, oh, that I might know him, and how you get to know him. You get to know God primarily through a decision, and, and that help that happens through prayer. So Paul prays uh, and says this in Ephesians 1, what, he's, what he prayed. He said, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of him. Paul felt that this revelation of the knowledge of God was one of the most important aspects that we as people of God and as followers of Jesus could receive. He said that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, coming into a knowledge, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? If you'll notice, all three of these are about the knowledge of him, knowing him in this way. Not knowing us, not knowing what he's done for us, knowing that this is what's in him. So he says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead 
and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We, in the knowledge of God, become the fullness of God. He is the head and we become that fullness, that that joining within him. It's why Paul is so makes this so deeply important about knowing God. Knowing who he is, knowing what he's about, knowing and understanding. Uh, and then he, he goes on, uh, we always break this up. And, and we do that because of chapters and, and verses. But he goes right into chapter 2 and he says, And you, he made alive. Through the knowledge of God you are what? Made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins something you which you were, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. We weren't any different. What changed us? But God, (laughs) who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. When we enter into the knowledge of God, what he begins to unfold is his mercy, his kindness, his grace, his understanding, who he is, the very essence of how he sees himself, he wants to give unto you and I as a gift. How do we get that? Go, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want that. It's that weak. I, I want that kind of knowledge of God. I think when, as I talk to so many believers, and most of them, it's, a, it's really a sense of false humility. Like they were, it's always, I wish I understood the Lord better. Uh, maybe that's you this morning. And then there's the haughty ones who think they know everything. They become the Bible answer man. Uh, and they may not even know God. That's pretty harsh judgment. Sorry about that. <laughs> But I'm telling you, each of you, and, and young ones, hear me, you can know God. There's no age limit. There's no gender limit. There's no barriers. Uh, Isaiah put it this way. <laughs> all, <laughs> all who want to come, come and eat. Come and buy. 
Everybody can have this. A seven-year-old can be filled with the fullness of the knowledge of God. Will it, walk, will it cause them to walk in maturity? Probably not. But they can still be filled with the knowledge and the understanding of God. I married somebody who knew Jesus when she was four years old. She still strayed, especially when she got entangled with me. But that always kept her. It was, it was the knowledge of God you know, you know, how far will the Lord let you sin? Not very far. Just not very far. Because it's not within his will. And when we submit to his will, God's greater than all that. And that's what this is saying in Ephesians. God's so much greater. That's why I wanted you to pray. And I felt like that, even that song last night, wasn't so much about protests as it was, oh, Fall into the arms of grace again. Fall into the will and the knowledge of God. It will so keep you. It will so charge you up. Um, How do you go after the knowledge of God? Well, one, look at this. Proverbs 2. I want to give you three scriptures. This one in Proverbs. My son, who would say today, my child... If you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek for her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand, says here the fear of the Lord, it should be the worship of the Lord or the love of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. And find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. That's stunning. I can't get to the next page. He stores up and he guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. Is there stuff going on that you don't understand today? My little tweety brain's going, why? What is wrong with them? I found myself, Brenda and I walked through the house. Everyone's always just like you said, go, what were they think? What are they thinking? What is wrong with them? Whoever them is. We love to blame them. Well, I do anyway. The Lord says, when you turn this and you're submitted in your heart and you want the knowledge of me, guess what you're gonna get? The knowledge of God. When you seek for God. Guess who you get? God's not playing some game with us. He's not not playing some horrible game of hide and seek. He's inviting us. Oh, tell me you're submitted and you want me. And guess what? I will show up and reveal the knowledge of myself to you. Look at this. These two scriptures. 
Colossians 1.9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled, filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Notice how wisdom tracks with this continually. I don't know, it's not enough for me to be smart. I'm sort of smart in some areas, not math, not science, not bookkeeping. I'm smart in other areas. One, I know what love is. I know what it looks like. But I also know this. I've always asked the Lord for wisdom. From very early on, very, very early on, I asked him for wisdom. And boy, it's right there. The knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, which far exceeds human understanding. That's a whole nother, that's another summer of teaching. That you may walk worthy of the Lord. We're always so, we think walking worthy of the Lord is about how good we behave. And right here it says, oh no, be filled with the knowledge of God and wisdom. And you'll walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in what? The knowledge of God. Oh, that I might know him. God's trying to get something across to you and I this morning. And that it's this. He wants you to know him. Why? Because then you will trust him. Second Peter 1, 2 Peter 1.2. I love this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So, would you like grace and peace in your life? Would you like to see it go by multiplication instead of addition? It happens in the knowledge of God. As his divine power is given to us, what? All Things necessary that pertain to life and godliness. Through what? Look at it, here it is again. The knowledge of Him. If you think you're stupid and don't know anything, just ask for the knowledge of God. It all changes in a moment of time. who has called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I'm not trying to escape. I'm escaped. I'm not even wearing the prison uniform anymore. Don't want to, don't like the way it fits, and it's ugly. I'm away from that now. I am a child of God. In the pursuit of the knowledge of God, here's a key to understanding this. this. God's longing is for you to know him. It's one thing for you to have a desire, oh, I want to know God. It's another thing in wisdom to go, Wait a minute, there's something bigger going on here. God wants me to know Him. 
God wants me to know him. He is determined to reveal himself to me, to each one of us, young and old again. There's no age limit in a very precious way. It's amazing to me, we find this passage in Isaiah 1, and it's up there. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. All of us come to Jesus from a sinful place. And the first thing that he wants you to know is, I'm not... (laughs) You're you're trying to relate to me through your sinful self. I want you to relate to me through something much greater, me. Don't relate to me through your sinful self. Relate to me through who I am. And then here's the amazing thing. What does God know? All things, all times, in every way, without limit... Complete understanding. You think he's wigged out about what's going on in America? Probably not. He knows everything. What do you know? And then God humbles himself and says this. Come here and sit with me. I want you to know me. Let's reason together. Have you ever been unreasonable with the Lord? Yeah, I have. <laughs> Can I have a pony, Dad? Can I have a pony, Dad? Can I have a pony, Dad? Can I have a pony? No, no, no. Actually, in understanding the voice of God, God speaks most loudest by his silence. And you'll get to learn that as you, some of you are mature saints and understand that. Isaiah 55 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thought. And you go back to Isaiah 1, and he says, nevertheless, come, let us reason together. I love you. I want to show you who I am. I want to increase the knowledge of me inside of you because you're all bent about knowing you. And I would love to untangle you and straighten out what you know about me. Isn't this stunning? This is God. I think Isaiah later in Isaiah 4, he says, God, the creator of the universe, of the heavens and earth, wants to speak into each one of our hearts. And wants you to know that. You. And me. Isaiah 55. Is a, it's an incredible, I urge you to read Isaiah 55 this week. And get this in, in full, complete context. It starts with this. I love this. Ho! And he's not playing Santa Claus. Because the ho there means stop everything you're doing and listen. That's what ho means. 
Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Best diet possible. Feast on God and the knowledge of God. Here's what I know. In the knowledge of God, in Him knowing all things, I don't want to do that first, is this. I didn't get this one in here. God knows everything about you. This is something teenagers don't understand. This is what I used to do when I did youth ministry years and years and years ago. And I used to do this with their parents too. You want to go out on a date? Great! Just understand that the Holy Spirit lives in you. He knows everything about you. He knows where you're going, what you're doing, who you're holding hands with. You're thinking about smooching maybe. Woohoo! He already knows all that. He's not wigged out. But there are boundaries, aren't there? In your understanding of God? Come on, we as adults don't like this. I feel a little uncomfy. Isn't that funny how we go to God and pray and we want to tell him what we're going through? Is that for God? Does he already know? Does he already know? Does he know everything about you? Young ones, he knows every hair that's on your head and when they will disappear. And here comes a kick. For some of us, it didn't happen. He knows the length of your days. He knows when you were going to be born. He knows, this is all within the knowledge of God, the day of your death. God knows who your life partner is going to be when you marry them. God knows all things about you. We think we're doing things in secret. No, you're not. God's omniscient. In the knowledge of God, when you begin to know those things, He knows. God knows all things, and he especially knows you, and he still wants you to know him. Why? Because knowing him will affect all the other stuff. Listen this morning. to I, just, I didn't put it up there. I want you to hear it this morning. I remember now why I didn't put it up there. And it's Psalm 139. This is about God knowing you so that you can know him. Hear it this way. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, oh, Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before. You've laid your hand. Upon me, 
Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I am awake, I'm still with you. That's the knowledge of God. He knows from beginning to end. He knows the day of your birth. He knows the day you're going home. He knows when you'll be stupid and lay in the bed of Sheol. He doesn't reject you over it. He just says, come to me. Even when you were in the pursuit of the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God was coming after you. As a teenager, I had very little, very limited understanding of God. And just before I turned 16, I lost my best friend in a drowning accident. Man, it messed me up bad. She died so unexpectedly and for such a wonderful, playful outing that we were doing, a whole bunch of us. And I messed up in that I was involved in getting her to go. And I was so freaked out afterwards as a 15-year-old that they, back then they gave you a shot, gave me a hypo shot in the rear end to calm me down and settle me down. I couldn't quit crying. Actually, I couldn't quit wailing. My parents didn't know what else to do with me. I won't go into the whole story, but two days later, I went out to my favorite place, which was a railroad bridge over the Cedar River at about a 40-foot drop down, maybe 50-foot. I used to hide there. I hid a lot as a kid. Either, I either would hide or fight. Kept all my treasures under that bridge. I felt so at fault. I couldn't see a way through. 
I didn't know how to call out to God in the knowledge of God. Most popular song right then was about Billy Joe McAllister and about jumping off the Tallahatchie Bridge. No hope, complete despair. I walked out of that bridge, sat down and started crying again. was so mad that I had drugs in my system. I wanted to feel every bit of pain. And then take the horrible person that I was out of the way. I didn't have a knowledge of God, but he had a knowledge of me. So I stood up to jump. And when I looked down, there in the water was Sherry's face. And she was smiling. And I was like, what? And I, instead of going forward, I actually stepped back like that. I went, what? I looked again and it wasn't there. But I sat down. I went, she was smiling. She was smiling. It's okay. I didn't know about heaven and hell. I didn't know about Jesus as Savior, though I'm sure I had been witness to. But you see, the knowledge of God knew where my bed was. Where could I go from His Spirit? Where could I escape from his presence? That was probably my first salvation experience, though there may have been one earlier. I didn't know it. I didn't cry out to Jesus right then, but I went, she was smiling. God wants to release to you the knowledge of him that he is greater of every circumstance of life, even if that is bitter and most horrible to go through. He will be with you. He will reveal himself to you. My friend wasn't in despair. She was was smiling. Was that real? It's real enough for me. What is God like when the human being goes through something? This is what I know. We're going to look at it over the coming weeks. This is the way, some of the ways. There's so, I, I could write this and keep writing, 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 writing. I limited myself. To, I went from 12. Actually, I had about 18. Then I went to 12, and then I went, that's too many because of how people remember stuff. So I wrote down seven of them, I think, is what there is. God reveals himself through creation. It's found in Romans 1. God reveals himself through the written word. That's your Bible. God reveals himself through the living word, Christ in you. God reveals himself through dreams and visions. God reveals himself through other people. God reveals himself through history, the testimony of God. God reveals himself through himself. God's desire is that you would know him at the worst of times and the best of times. 
God is intent. Brenda mentioned this song to me. It was by John Mark McMillan. God will come running after you. God will run after you. How do you know this? Because he ran after me. Are you special? You hear God in a way I can't. Not true. It's a lie. God wants to reveal himself to you. Each of you. Will it be the same way as me? Probably not. But this is what Paul wrote about it. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How searchable are his, unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord and who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. What does that mean? God wants you to know first that he knows everything and then invites you, come to me. I want you to know me. He doesn't want to make a better you. He wants to reveal himself to you. You'll become a better you as the knowledge of God increases in your life. I've never had one of those things happen. Yes, you have. You just didn't pay attention. How can you say that? Because Jesus gave us a promise. It wasn't a question. It wasn't an invitation. My sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. You've already heard him. <laughs> You've already heard him. He speaks to our hearts, doesn't he? The only bridge we ever jump off of is the bridge of faith. <laughs> jump into the arms of Jesus. That's the only bridge you ever have. There's always a way through with God. God's going to see us through this time and this season. Together, you and I. Yes, He will. There's a season to everything in life. Look at Ecclesiastes 3. There's there's a season. Look at history. There's a season for everything in life. What's the purpose? Well, to everything there's a purpose under heaven. That purpose is Jesus. May I pray for you? Lord, I pray right now that the knowledge of who you are would pursue every person in here, young and old. That as their heart runs after you, that you would show them how you're running to meet them, just like in the story of the prodigal. And then God ran. One wake-up call and God turns and runs to you. All you have to do is believe and receive. Whether that's what you need is comfort. Whatever it is. 
God's the all in all. Of Him, through Him, to Him. The knowledge of Him. Here comes the exhorter in me. Truth be told, you don't have it that bad, Bunky. Really, but God cares enough that even in our little discomfort, He comes to rescue us. We're not in jail yet. I haven't gone without too many meals yet. They haven't taken me away yet. And I'm not staying in a pit with a lion on a rainy day, snowy day. Jesus, I pray that the knowledge of who you are would come to us. Each of us individually where we need to receive it. I pray for the revelation of the spirit of wisdom and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. For all of us, in your name I pray these things. And in that, now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you. Give you peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You probably need to at least give each other a little squeeze. So, God bless you.